the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Wouldn't it be great to go to heaven and live forever? To start, you know, drinking water from the river of life and to eat from the tree of life and to be with Jesus and sing with angels and travel to stars and start having the fun of eternity with Christ. Day one right now, they were enamored with that. That is Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, call us today at 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Don't forget the worship service is held every Saturday at 11 o'clock, but we would love to see you there. And we will have details on that as we continue on with today's program. You can also watch the broadcast live, streaming at reachinghearts.org slash video every Saturday at 11. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Today's Reaching Your Heart is the second portion of The Justice That Justifies with Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and we hope that you enjoy it. Don't forget at the end of today's broadcast, we have some other details we'd like to pass along to you. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenko. At the end of the 2300-year prophecy, Daniel 8, 14, Christ will receive his kingdom. The book of Daniel describes it in Daniel 7, 13, 14. Daniel 9, 25, Daniel said, I'm reading from the New American Standard Update Edition, so you are to know and discern. Now that means we're to understand Bible prophecy. This idea we cannot understand Bible prophecy violates the text itself. You are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree, the word, davar, literally the word, to restore and build Jerusalem. What kind of decree? To restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince. There will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It's 434 years. No, seven times seven, 48. 62 times 7, 434. Seven years shy of 490. It will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress, verse 26. Then after the 62 weeks, that means just as you're coming into the last seven years, after the 62 weeks, notice what it says. The Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. That's his death. That's the cross. This prophecy reaches to the coming of Christ as death, as the great mighty man, the mare vision, the appearance of the glory of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. It says, and the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Literally, its end, it could also be translated his end, and both are true, will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war. Desolations are determined. Amazing passage. Both the 70 weeks as the 490-year prophecy and the 2300-year prophecy begin with the word or decree to do what? What does the text say? To restore, help me with it, and build what? Jerusalem. Now think about that. There's only one problem with that here. The old Jerusalem was built only to be destroyed. The text says the city be destroyed. So why would you have a decree to restore something that would be destroyed? The old Jerusalem was built only to be destroyed at the end of the seven-week prophecy. Titus, legions, Roman legions came in devastated the countryside, burned the temple, devastated the walls. million-plus crosses were strung out around the sea. It was horrible. 
So the Mare, a 490-year prophecy, ends with the death of the Messiah that brings in everlasting righteousness. He's the new Melchizedek. But no Jerusalem to rule over as the king of righteousness. So only 70 weeks or 490 years is allotted for the earthly Jerusalem, the holy people of Israel. So what about the city? Is there no Jerusalem? Is there no restoration? Is there no kingdom of God that lasts? You see, the Mari doesn't answer that question. That is why Jesus began his ministry in the heavenly sanctuary. Newly inaugurated as Daniel 9.24 says, to anoint the Kodesh Kodeshim, the Holy of Holies. He did this at the end of the Mari when he ascended to heaven. The 490 years, 70-week time prophecy, starts with the decree to restore and build Jerusalem. But Jerusalem goes away just after the Messiah dies in the Mari. Friend, the old Jerusalem was built and restored, only to be destroyed again. That's why Daniel says 70 weeks are decreed for your people and your holy city. And that's it for Jerusalem here on earth. After that, no more earthly city of Jerusalem that matters a lick to God. It's over. The old covenant, the old city is toast. It's never coming back as it was. The sanctuary from that point on is no longer here. It's up there. The Christ flesh, which is the veil, has been rent and he has moved into a holier sanctuary, a new covenant era. Just before Jesus died, Jesus said, Your city is left unto you desolate because you didn't know the time of your visitation. You didn't pay attention to the prophecies of Daniel in the 70 weeks. You didn't really study them right. And because you didn't understand prophecy, you weren't ready for my coming. Friends, we are living before the second coming of Christ. Christ is getting ready to come. I mean, we cannot afford to be ignorant in our study of the Bible, haphazard and lazy. Having some expert interpret everything for us. We have to know these things. God is calling on you as young adults to know the prophecies that live them better than any generation has come before you. The 2300 day year for prophecy points to the time of the end. When God Almighty, the Ancient of Days, will give the last kingdom of the world to Jesus who is the new Melchizedek, the King of Righteousness, the King of Justice. That's what 1844 is about. Something happens in heaven that determines the future of the universe based on the cross of Christ. Daniel 8, 14. Let's look at the verse again. And he said to me, in the 2,300 days, then the sanctuary be cleansed. New International Version. He said, it will take 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary will be reconsecrated. Daniel 8, 14, New American Standard Version. He said to me, for 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the holy place will be properly restored. Jerusalem went down in the Mare, comes back in the Chod Zone. It went down in the 70 weeks, in the 2,300 years, the kingdom of God is established in heaven. The old Jerusalem went down at the end of that prophecy. See, you can't be a Melchizedek without a kingdom. You're a king of righteousness. Hebrews 13, 14 the writer of the book of Hebrews, Apostle Paul, made it clear, for we here have no lasting city, but we seek the city which is to come. The new Jerusalem, friend, is our future home that will one day come here at the end of the millennium. Now, give me focus here. Let's go the distance in our Bibles because I'm about two-thirds through, okay? So I need you to work with me. So the new Jerusalem is our future home that will one day come here at the end of the millennium. The new kingdom is our future home that is being prepared for us right now in heavenly places. Christ says, I go to prepare a place for you. That's like saying I go into a far off country to see my kingdom and then return. And the Bible teaches that God set his kingdom up in the year 1844. That's what the 2300 years is about. 
It's the time when Jerusalem comes online. The new Jerusalem, the setting up of the kingdom of God in the pre-advent judgment pictured in the book of Daniel. And God in the book of Daniel gives this new kingdom to Jesus. To Jesus. Not to you, not to me, not to the Seventh-day Adventist church. To Jesus. Now based on Ezra 6.14 and Ezra 7, the decree to restore and build Jerusalem began in the autumn of 457 B.C. And thus the 2300 years with no year zero in the middle ran out in the year 1844. In the Millerite movement from the 1800s, William Miller, a good Baptist preacher, honest in heart. I've never been hard on the Baptists because of the great disappointment of 1844. William Miller was a good Baptist. The Baptists should be proud of William Miller. And other preachers also, good people from all kinds of Christian persuasions, like the Presbyterians and Methodists and Christian connections, they are all looking for Jesus to come in the year 1844. The Millerites reasoned correctly that the 2300-year time prophecy ended in that year. That this will be the climactic year in the longest time prophecy of the Bible. In fact, they narrowed it down to October 22, 1844. They came to understand correctly that the cleansing of the sanctuary in ancient times was the Day of Atonement, the tenth day of the seventh Jewish month outlined in Leviticus 23. And they looked it up in the Jewish Karaite calendar, the best calendar for ancient Jewish reckoning to be brought into the present. And in that year, based on that calendar, October 22, 1844, was the Day of Atonement, the day for the cleansing of the sanctuary. Remember the high priest would go into the most holy place in a cloud of smoke, put blood on the Ark of the Covenant to show that God's people were forgiven, they could get on with the future. And we know from astronomical evidences that the Karite Jewish calendar was dead on right in the year 1844. Dr. Richard Davidson has written an astounding study, demonstrated they nailed it. God's providence kept that knowledge alive for the end of the 2300-year prophecy. On the very day when the 2300-year prophecy ran out, October 22, 1844, these Millerite Adventists, not Seventh-day Adventists, they were made of Baptists, Methodists, and Presbyterians, these Millerite Adventists were looking for the second coming of Jesus. Amazing. They had read Daniel 8.14, the King James Version. They wanted the earth to be cleansed with fire to be caught up to glory. They were so happy about the thought. Jesus is coming. They were enthralled with it. Many of them sold their homes to put the gospel messages out. They wanted to save as many people as they could by giving their means to make it happen. They bought carefully prepared pamphlets. They distributed them. They pled with their neighbors. They were wrong about Daniel 8.14, but they were very right about how to live, and they were living so other people could be saved. They wanted Jesus to come with all their hearts as they gathered in their groves and gardens and fields and around the hearth where family worship was given. They wanted Jesus to come that day and they believed that Bible prophecy had made it so. On October 22, 1844, they were ready in heart and mind for Jesus to come. The clock ticked till evening came. It ticked until the sun set. It was 9 p.m. It kept on ticking till midnight, followed by the early morning that is the darkest night, and then the dawn of a new day that was awful for them because Jesus did not come on October 22, 1844. And history calls it the great disappointment of 1844. They wept and they wept till the dawn came because they wanted Jesus to come. They wanted to live in a different world where justice and mercy meet, where God gets it right. They were so sure he would come that day, but Jesus didn't come. On October 22, 1844, a godly farmer named Hiram Edson was one of those committed believers in the Millerite movement. 
who felt the full pain of the great disappointment of 1844. I'm reading from an excerpt of an incomplete manuscript. He said, Our fondest hopes and expectations were blasted. And such a spirit of weeping came over us as I have never experienced before. It seemed that the loss of all earthly friends could have been no comparison. We wept and wept till the day dawned. I mused in my heart saying, My Advent experience has been the richest and brightest of all my Christian experiences. If this had proved a failure, what was the rest of my Christian experience worth? Has the Bible proved a failure? Is there no God, no heaven, no golden home city, no paradise? Is all this but a cunningly devised fable? Is there no reality to our fondest hope and expectation of these things? And thus we had something to grieve and weep over if all our fond hopes were lost. I mean, he captured it in that incomplete manuscript what they went through. Revelation 10 said the unsealing of the book of Daniel would bring bitterness to the stomach, but sweet in the mouth. It started sweet, it ended bitter. They had failed to recognize that the sanctuary is not this earth. They were looking here, not up. Just like many of us do today. We look at our politics, we look in our social movements. We don't look up. We don't let heavenly truth define our attitudes. They didn't know that something was stirring in heaven, synchronized as heavenly time with earthly prophetic time on October 22, 1844. They didn't know that Luke 19.12 was in play with Daniel 8.14. Look at 19.12 again. Jesus said, an obaman went where? What does it say? To a distant country. For what purpose? To receive a kingdom and then return. They didn't know that the Ancient of Days had taken his seat in heaven on the throne of God. That is the Ark of the Covenant in heaven. Inside the most holy place in heaven. The judgment hour of human history had commenced. They didn't know that the books of judgment were opened. In a pre-Advent investigative judgment pictured in Daniel 7, they didn't know that millions of angels had gathered around the throne of God for the fulfillment of Daniel 8.14 and Luke 19.12. The 2300-year time prophecy ticked away one year at a time until October 22, 1844 came at last. As God's people on earth were suffering the great disappointment of 1844, Jesus Christ, the new Melchizedek, the King of Righteousness, The Son of Man was carried, according to the book of Daniel and the Aramaic, by heavenly angels into the presence of God Almighty, the Ancient of Days on His celestial throne, the Ark of the Covenant in heaven, inside the most holy place in heaven. And there God the Father gave Him the kingdom. And there the judgment commenced whereby Christ would receive a kingdom that would never, ever pass away. Daniel 7, 9, I kept looking until the thrones were set up. And the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was white as snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. At the end of the great world empires, this judgment scene appears in heaven. Thousands upon thousands were attending him. Myriads upon myriads were standing before him. The court set and the books are open. Now go to verse 13. I kept looking in the night visions. And he sees, judgment's not the good news. I kept looking for something more meaningful. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like the Son of Man was coming. Not coming to the earth, coming to God. And he came up to the Ancient of Days, 
and was carried in before him in the Aramaic, was carried like a royal king ready to receive his kingdom before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples and nations and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. His kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. That's what happened in 1844. We'll continue with today's Reaching Your Heart and Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. If you'd like to attend the worship service, I will have details on how you can do that here at the close of our broadcast today, so please stay tuned. You can always attend online at reachinghearts.org slash video. That's reachinghearts.org slash video. Many archived messages are available there for you, and you can attend the live service in a streaming format at that website, reachinghearts.org slash video. Let's continue now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in today's Reaching Your Heart. As they were mourning on earth, Christ appeared before his father in that far off country to receive his kingdom so he can return at the end of time. And the book of Daniel in the same chapter affirms that after Jesus receives the kingdom, we receive the kingdom as the saints of the Most High. In the judgment, God gives the kingdom to Jesus first because Jesus is the king of justice. There's no one just on this earth. Christ is the ruler of the universe because of the cross. And because Jesus is the new Melchizedek, worthy of the reign, God gives him the kingdom. And then Jesus, in behalf of God, his holy father, gives the kingdom to you and me when he returns. He will give it to us. When the Millerites figured out what really happened in heaven in 1844, They became the Seventh-day Adventist prophetic movement, propelled by the three angels of Revelation 14. Because they had corrected William Miller's error, and they were never critical about the Baptist preacher who had gotten so much right, because his heart was right and most of his understanding was correct. And they understood that Revelation 10 predicted this error. It would be necessary to purify a people to proclaim the word of God. And so in Revelation 10 11, you must again prophesy to many nations, kindreds, tribes, and tongues. Out of the ashes of the great disappointment of 1844, the book of Revelation says a final prophetic movement arises. And they realized soon after the great disappointment, they had a work to do on earth. To prepare the world in mercy. It's not about justice, it's about mercy. To let them find Jesus so they can be saved. You see, these Millerites, I have to admit this, they were better people than we are today. When I see people criticizing them, they don't get it. We are unfortunately a generation of unbelief, and they were not that at all. Many of us rely on smart theologians who try to convince us to take the prophets lightly instead of studying the Bible for ourselves to understand the truth. I could care less what someone says in some complicated document that differs with the clear teaching of Scripture. Now, we have profound students of the Bible at the seminary. We have some great men of God, and I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about self-made great men of God who would take us away from the great milestones that we can rely on as a people at the time of the end. They study the Bible for themselves carefully. We are a generation today, unfortunately, content with shallow stuff that won't matter one lick at the time of the end. They wanted the deep treasures and truths found only in God's holy word, the Bible. We are a generation of unbelief that is holding up the second coming of Christ based on the latest same message. Why? As we take the lives of unborn babies in our hospitals while we claim to have the health message, the contradiction exists that the evangelical world sees and should see. And so Satan triumphs over a generation of unbelief as Christ stands at the door and knocks for us to let him in. 
We need to be like the godly people who wanted Jesus to come with all their heart. And I don't care what a thousand ethicists says. God's word says, thou shalt not kill. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come to me, for such is the kingdom of God. Jesus will resurrect those murdered children for his eternal kingdom, and angels will take them in the resurrection. On the last day to Jesus, it doesn't matter what an ethicist or a doctor or an institution says, Christ will claim his children back. The Millerites wanted justice to come in the clouds, but they didn't know that justice had come to God at the mercy seat in the heaven, in the most holy place that the new Melchizedek had come to God. The Bible teaches that the judgment of the righteous dead began from our perspective in the year 1844. And that this judgment of the dead will move to the living, the mark of the beast test. Our country, United States of America, how many of you feel the shift in our country? Our country is moving. Our country is moving toward a prophetic fulfillment when it will build an image to the beast, the world kingdom order, that will oppress the people of God at the time of the end. The social justice movements of our time are Marxist atheistic, anti-family, anti-marriage, by profession in their own writings. Anti-God and unworthy of the same. And yet the other side of the pole would mix church and state to one day oppress the people of God. You can't pick the right or the left. None of them are right with God. We have to pick the truth for our time. No Seventh-day Adventist Christian should align with anything that is incompatible with God's word, be it on either side of the pole. God's justice is Jesus Christ, and the kind of justice the world offers as revolutionary philosophy is full of lies because it only leads to death and ruin. Friend, we are called to be a people of peace. We're to be the salt of the earth, to bring the love of God. Christ, in Desire of Ages 509, it says Christ didn't try to overturn the world in the social issues of his time. He worked to change the heart. We are to have him as our example. How does Jesus receive his kingdom at the time of the end? In the heavenly judgment, when the nations are fomenting, revolutions, Marxist, fascist, religious, all kinds of things are going on. The book of Revelation teaches us that Jesus receives his kingdom one name at a time. Turn with me very quickly to Revelation eleven eighteen. The nations raged, thy wrath came. What does it say? The time for the dead to be judged, but why? Is it justice or mercy for rewarding thy servants? Well, it's a little both. To help God's people out who've been abused for centuries. The prophets and saints and those who fear thy name. You see, it moves from the dead to the living. Fear is a present tense verb. Both small and great, but destroying the destroyers of the earth. Revelation 3, 5. Jesus said, He who conquers shall be clad thus in white garments. And I will not blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and his holy angels. In Daniel 7, millions of angels gather. The books are opened. The Son of Man comes before the Ancient of Days. Guess who is not in this judgment? You and I aren't there. Everybody else is. We're on earth. It's a proxy judgment. Christ comes to the Ancient of Days. Because you and I can't stand before God without our knees knocking, without our courage failing. We have sinned. We have failed in life. We don't have a life that's good enough to pass the scrutiny of the judgment day. The one who died for us on the cross of Calvary will stand for us in the investigative pre-advent judgment when Christ fully receives his kingdom, one name at a time. He starts with Adam. He starts with Adam. In the year 1844, I believe he opened the book and there was Adam's name. He says, Adam sinned against me in the Garden of Eden. Adam confessed his sin. Adam came to me. I confess him to you, O Father, as mine bought by the blood of Calvary's cross. Will you give me Adam? 
And so the second Adam reclaims the first Adam. And then Eve and moves one name through the righteous line of God's people down to the end of time. Christ will confess his people one name at a time. My favorite devotional writer in the book Desire of Ages described what Jesus did for us at the cross. Christ was treated as we deserve, that we might be treated as he deserves. He was condemned for our sins in which he had no share, that we might be justified by his righteousness in which we had no share. He suffered the death which was ours, that we might receive the life which was his. With his stripes we are healed. See, Christ died for us on the cross of Calvary. The Bible says that's the most important truth of the gospel. Christ died for our sins in 1 Corinthians 15. But friend, in the investigative judgment, post-1844, Christ goes to the judgment for you to receive a kingdom for us and then return. We don't get there without Jesus. There's no justice in this world. I'm sorry, there's not. You can't force the kingdom of God here. But you can work for it by saving others, by living a life of mercy, by being salt in the earth and leaving politics out of the church. You can see Jesus come. You can affect the future of the world. How many of you want Jesus to come? I do. I don't want an ounce of judgmentalism in my heart toward any brother or sister. And I don't want it coming back at me. I don't want to hurt or be hurt. I want to see people saved. And that is why we have dedicated the young adults today and others Because we need Jesus, the justice of God, the new Melchizedek, who gets us home to God at the time of the end. Well, thank you for listening today. That will conclude the justice that justifies today's Reaching Your Heart. Be sure to look for it online at reachingyourheart.com. And thanks for listening today. We would really love for you to be a part of our worship service. It's held every Saturday at 11 o'clock. That address is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Or if you're more comfortable, you're certainly welcome to watch online at reachinghearts.org slash video. reachinghearts.org slash video. The live broadcast will be streaming and available for you on that website. reachinghearts.org slash video. Thanks for listening, and we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.